Welcome back to Western Kabuki. Thank you so much again to um, all of our new listeners uh, who want to hear what we have to say about the the Krasensteins to their faces or to at least one of their face. Um, <laughs> good times over yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to all the very kind people that DM'd each of us individually uh, to tell us the good uh, shots we got in on them. It's been personally gratifying, um, so we appreciate it. Um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna hop right in it today. Um, everybody's been asking about it. They're like, "When are you going to get that redheaded one-hit wonder guy on?" And we're like, <laughs> "Bro, he's coming right on." So the Richmond, north of Richmond himself, <laughs> Max from Eve Six, how you doing? <laughs> it's it's such a pleasure to be here with y'all, and I just want to say, <laughs> diversity. No, no, our he was faking the accent other- too. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Um, man, no, it's it's uh, it's it's great to be here. It's great to be here with with you guys. I really enjoyed the last one that we did together, and it's nice to finally like uh, meet Juniper, who's been who's been uh, you know, a, a mutual that I've appreciated for a while now. So yeah, yeah. Is, no, this it's is great. It's interesting because you did a guest appearance when it was like still, still the the movie yeah. that Nicholas Cage podcast. Yeah, yeah. So that Max was like came that was... on for a Nick Cage episode. I think that back then maybe like two hundred people would hear our our show, and now things have changed. So. I didn't even know that this was a Nick Cage show until after I started working on it. I was like, <laughs> every every podcast has its growing pains. It has its yeah, its Jennifer early days. Didn't know yeah. I I made that scary picture myself. She thought. Yeah. <laughs> She was afraid of hurting a fan's feelings about it. Yeah, yeah, because I always thought it was very scary. And then when we got the new one, our current logo, yeah. I, th- I think Wack, you just offhand mentioned like, "Oh yeah, I can retire this now." And I was like, "Oh shit, okay, you made this, okay, damn." Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, that's why it was scary. I wanted it to be scary. It was uh, very but yeah, scary. we got Max on because Max, you uh, currently have a Patreon. You want to tell the good people a little bit about what you got going on over on Patreon? Yeah. Um. After the the whole Twitter thing happened for us a couple years ago, um, this this guy reached out about wanting to like do a book, and I was like, "Huh?" Uh, and that that sounds like it could be interesting. And I I ended up like saying yes and like signing a book deal and stuff, and then realizing that. I had no interest in writing like a rock bio. Our band's story isn't really a rock bio story. <laughs> it's uh, you know, it's it's just something. It's it's some it's something else. It's the I think what's entertaining about it is um, when I can put kind of a magnifying glass on the marginal um and and sort of look at that closely. I think it's it can be interesting and entertaining. Um, but that's not like rock bio fodder and uh so (laughs) i like um returned the advance which i had given to uh a couple of of co-writers um and so i i you know another brilliant business move from the guy from from eve six um (laughs) i uh I lost Making some money deals there. every day. Yeah, exactly. You'd make exactly. Donald Trump proud. Yeah, <laughs> I, I sure, I sure would. Um, and and then um, it was it was actually when our Twitter account got um, banned um, for pretending to be Radiohead on 
April Fool's Day. And um, <laughs> and and I and I was like, man, I've been spending all this time doing these like stupid tweets and stuff. And um, I feel like I do. I, I have some stories to tell um, that I think people might find kind of diverting. And I I just started like writing them and they kind of appeared in this short form. And um, yeah, so I've been doing that now for, I guess, like three, like three or four months. I'm just writing an essay a week. And Luke O'Neill, who is a, a writer that I've been a fan of for a really long time. Yeah, I know Luke. Good guy. You guys know Luke probably. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Welcome to Hellworld. And he's, he's also written a bunch of uh, his own like short stories and fiction and stuff. It's great. He's editing it for me, which is a huge help because he's basically like, he's been kind of giving me writing lessons because I've, before doing this, I'd never really, you know, written anything outside of like a three minute pop song or whatever. So so he's kind of teaching me the form and what makes the thing work and all of that stuff. So that's been cool. And yeah, I guess uh, I'm kind of banging on here, but like it's it's basically a look at the, you know, joys, mountaintop moments, comedies, indignities of marginal rock stardom and its aftermath. That's kind of what I'm doing. Nice. Very cool. So yeah. you so with the uh, with the Patreon that you're doing now, are you viewing this as like a sort of erstwhile book like it would have been a book if you felt like you had a book in you type of thing i i could see myself maybe publishing it as an essay collection at some point um ah. when i when i have like a bunch of them you know um the other thing we're doing on the patreon is releasing a song a month exclusively to the patreon uh not nice. putting anything on the streaming platforms or anything so um yeah it's been really it's been really cool. I mean, it's, it's a new thing, but we're, um, you know, when we set out to do it, we were like, cause we've talked to some other bands who have done this thing before. And a lot of them sort of gripe about it saying like, it's a lot of work and <laughs> you end up doing a lot of stuff you don't want to do. And I was like, okay, well, what are things that we want to do? Make rock. And I enjoy writing. So if we can make it about that, then that'll be all right. And, uh, that's what we're, that's what we're doing. And it's been, you know, it feels, it feels worthwhile. I enjoy do, doing the quote unquote work. Yeah, no, I've, 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 I've noticed like a lot of bands in recent years, especially when like COVID hit, when shows stopped being like a thing that people and bands could do, like a lot of, um, bands would turn to like Patreon and do this, like, uh, like exclusive, like sort of like fan funded type of stuff because from what i understand like streaming services don't pay you like shit for for the amount of streams yeah. you get it's like you it's gotta like, do what? a big fight with spotify about that i think i remember you kind of beefing with them a, a couple years ago that was pretty oh funny. shit i must have missed that what what was that about because they yeah. pay like notoriously bad right it's like a million a million plays is like a thousand dollars something horrible oh like yeah that. it's oh yeah it's 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 really it's really quite insane and and also i mean in in today's like world i guess totally expected but uh yeah i mean they they pay 0.003 uh cents per stream so whatever that is i mean tiny fraction of a cent per stream and then for a band like us who you know the the lion's share of our 
catalog, certainly the song that people are streaming orders of magnitude more than all the other ones is owned by Sony Records, which also owns, is a part owner of Spotify. So <laughs> so they're paying themselves before you. And, and, and Spotify pays to the master owner. This was like sort of part of their little backroom dealings with the record labels before they launched that made the label say, okay, we're okay with this, um, is the master owner makes, the person who owns the recording or entity that owns the recording makes most of the money from the streams. So in our case, that 0.003 is largely going back to Sony, who's a part owner of Spotify. So the money that we're seeing from, you know, we still average like 1.5 million streams a month, which is, which is insane. You know, it sounds like a lot, sounds like it would be something, but, uh, uh, we make like barely anything for that. I think it's something like what actually goes into our pockets is something like $600 that, um, then gets split three ways, probably a little bit less because there's like producer points and stuff like that. So already with the Patreon, we're like making, I don't know, four or five times more than we are <laughs> from 1.5 million Spotify streams, you know, a month. That's bananas. Yeah, that is I mean, that's horrible. criminal is what it is. <laughs> yeah, like all yeah. these streaming services are just, I mean, yeah, best way to put it is criminal. Yeah, I mean, it it, it really is. It's, you know, it's a similar thing that's going on with the Hollywood thing and it's uh yeah it's oh, you're, you're talking about like the, the the strikes right now like the the residuals yeah 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 exactly um the difference is like musicians are notoriously bad at like advocating for themselves and organizing and all of that so I'm not super hopeful about uh, well it's a very different sort of environment like you know if 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 like an analogous thing would be like like taxi drivers versus Uber drivers, where like the writers and the actors they work together and they work with other writers and actors and stuff like all the time, in a way that like you know taxi drivers have a union and they are working together through a, a dispatcher, but the Uber drivers don't have the same outlet to organize. And so, yeah, I mean there is of course a um, there is, of course, a a sort of stereotype about people who play music professionally that they're unreliable or whatever. But I, I think there's also a element of you're just so much more atomized, especially when you're on tour. No, you're it's just true. With your, with your own band or by yourself or with one other band, and it's not like a it's not like a a a, a ripe field for organization, which is also true in stand up comedy. And I know you guys toured with Jake Flores, and and it's kind of you know. Same deal with stand-up yeah. comics. They they don't have a union, but actors do. Right, and and uh, stand-up comics are are getting screwed in the same ways as as musicians yes. by by Spotify. Yeah, no, definitely all true. I I think some of the stereotypes are musician about musicians are apt also because it's like I don't know. We've been conditioned by these same people to sort of be in competition with one another to value this notion of exposure um that is so dubious as you know a form of payment or whatever it's like uh you know if, if our song can get on the right playlist and you know maybe we'll get famous um thing which makes people all too comfortable 
you know, just having that thought, it's like the temper temporarily embarrassed millionaire thing. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, if, if there's, if there's a chance that we can become rich and famous, you know, we're not going to complain about getting paid a pittance or not getting paid at all or whatever. So are you, are you much of a like rock biography guy? Have you read any of those, even the more famous ones like, uh, Keith Richards or anybody? No, I've never liked those. I've, I get. I should say I've <laughs> never been. I've never been curious about yeah, sure. them. Um, you know, I, 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 I've, I've never been. <laughs> I've never really read nonfiction at all. I'm like a fiction reader, um, and so, so yeah. I, I hope that that's an asset for what I'm doing. Um, maybe it is. Sure. Maybe it isn't. I, I don't know. Yeah, I um I have actually read a few of those books. Um and I went to Keith Richards first because I think his book is probably the perfect rock biography because he because it's like a thousand pages and he covers like every single thing. He has like 300 pages on his relationship with Mick Jagger, 300 pages about how he prefers to play from fifth position to first position. Like he <laughs> just talks about everything. That's and awesome. so <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I like about that. Also, the audiobook is amazing because the first section is narrated by Johnny Depp and then the next section is narrated by Keith Richards and then there's another re reader who does like the other so it's got like five readers in it and two of them are Johnny Depp and Keith Richards himself. Um that's, so highly recommend that's that. That's really <laughs> That's that's really funny. And I mean for a bunch of reasons, but one of them is that like Johnny Depp's whole like affect is yeah it is, is keith richards it, <laughs> yeah. it's like he's <laughs> you know he is kind of really trying to be him yeah there's like a uh there's a genre of cultural character like when keith richards played jack sparrow's dad or when michael kane played uh austin powers dad that is a genre of of thing we see sometimes where these guys become another guy and then they're just like chill with that guy um, I yeah. think that's a pretty cool path to take when you turn like 40. Just start being another guy and make it. It's like an adoption service, guy. right? Yeah. Yeah. You like adopt like, them. Totally. It's like they, you know, actors get to sort of try out guys to be. And then <laughs> one of them, for whatever reason, has an indelible quality. And then for the rest of their lives, they're just that. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I think the I think an important part of Johnny Depp's biography is that he was like going to give up on acting before he got the job on uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, and I think that stealing from another guy who is cooler than him just seemed like the thing to do. Um, <laughs> yeah, which I can't hate him for it. Yeah, I mean it's it's understandable. Yeah. Uh, so so what are some of the uh, what are the some of the things like stories and things that you're putting out on Patreon right now? What is uh, what is that looking like for your patrons? Yeah, well, um, let's see. The last the last one I wrote about was um, about the time that I borrowed John Bon Jovi's underwear and like sort of the fallout from like borrowing John Bon Jovi's underwear on on tour and a bit of a cautionary tale also about like. <laughs> um getting too lifted before you go on stage and how that might affect stage banter and and stuff um <laughs> i've also um you know i that I wrote seems about, to be a recurring theme in some of your stories i'm noticing <laughs> yeah yeah de de definitely um yeah being 
you know, loaded is, is sort of what got me into a lot of these jams that I write about. Um, like the, the one, the one can you where tell I, me the, can we t- just tell us the stain story that was made me laugh yeah. so fucking hard. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, that one was, that one was wild. I was, uh, you know, very, very drunk. This was at one of those radio station festivals, um, where there are, you know, a bunch of radio rock bands on, on one bill. And so they'll put you know, Eve six and stand together thinking like, yeah, fuck, fuck it. These slobs will do it. They'll, they'll, they'll like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what happens to us. Like routinely for after, after our second, after our second, second record came out, which was, you know, a pop rock, you know, I'm pretty sure I saw you guys at a festival with corn one day. Back. I'm sure you did. Yeah, yeah. It's a totally we were, different vibe. That is that does not matter. Also, just wanna well. I just wanna also be the person to say your your second record's an underrated banger. Uh the second record was Thanks, big Don. in my home in the early two thousands. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. It was we it was definitely, you know, awful timing to release like a Duran Duran inspired <laughs> like a, <laughs> album because it was like smack dab in the middle of like the new metal. Take yeah, God's so, yeah, we, is playing voodoo, and then it's like, let's try this song by Eve Six. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then we're we're singing "Here's to the Night" in standard tuning, like literally. Oh man, what a great like, song! God damn it, <laughs> "Here's to the Night." <laughs> um, it was it was wild and like kind of harrowing at times, to be honest. Like we had some very hostile crowds, which is really funny uh, to think about because those, how many bottles have you been hit with? I've. I've been hit with, thankfully at those festivals, the, they were doing the plastic. It was mainly the plastic bottles of Bud Light, but there was, there was a time. You wouldn't see that these days. Right. We were playing with, um, literally all of them. It was like Limp Biscuit, Papa Roach, Kid Rock, uh, whatever, you name it. They were all on this bill and then little Eve Six and like <laughs> the crowd just, you know, hated us, right? And like <laughs> um, so, someone or some, you know, group of people got a hold of bags of ice somehow and started throwing bags of, uh, not throwing the bags of ice, but taking out like fistfuls of ice and chucking them at the stage, like for the duration of our set. And like, you know, it's mostly missing us or whatever. Um, but like, you know, you can't walk off. You just got to kind of just like take it. And like, um, finally one of them like hit me right above the eye, like hit me really good right above the eye, um, on my eyebrow and just split my eyebrow open. So I was like, there was blood. It was so metal and so not metal at the same time. Um, (laughs) there was this, there was blood like dripping down my face, uh, and, um, yeah, so we got ourselves into uh, on a lot of those bills and it was usually a nightmare, but the, yeah, the stained one, I was very drunk and I thought it would be funny during their set, you know, to climb. I don't even know if I thought it would be funny. It's just something I did. It was like drunk inertia. <laughs> I like, <laughs> it was I, funny fr- from my perspective, for whatever that's not, it, it will be funny, but that will be climbed. Yeah, yeah, it was exactly. It, it, Sometimes when exactly. you're a few beers deep, you just gotta fucking climb something, you know? Right, right. It was it, it was a why because I can moment, and uh, I climbed I climbed the stage left PA stack, which you know we were playing a shed, one of those massive outdoor 
arenas. And so it was high, you know, so like 15, 20 feet high at this point. Yeah, it was, it was, it was high up. And, um, and then I started like miming him, I guess, as he was singing, (laughs) you know, like, (laughs) I I think, (laughs) oh boy, (laughs) I think it was the I'm on the outside song, Mm -hmm. that ballad. And I was like, but I was like giving it, you know, extra. And I was like, you know, really kind of like emoting and like, uh, but doing it in a way where I was pretty clear you were I think that him. I was like mocking him. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and then all of a sudden I felt like I felt a tug at like my, the back of my pants and the back of my, um, shirt. And I, I tumbled off the thing, like, uh, basically got ripped from the top of this thing and landed on my back and then got, you know, roughly escorted out of the, stage backstage area by the stained guys personal security <laughs> and, <laughs> and they were on you they wanted you out so they you were you were on the outside looking in <laughs> yeah well so yeah you're just you, listeners at home for a second the, just think about what the stained personal security guard crew looks like <laughs> they, what, what they, year was this this would have been like 2000, 2001, and all yeah. of the new metal bands had personal security. It was really funny. They all had them. Um, Which were just like their uh, cousins and guys they went to high school with. Probably. They were like, they were just like big, mean, you know, dudes. And, but the funny thing was like, or the, the thing that I didn't, you know, I didn't have any foresight clearly about any of this stuff, but like, you know, whatever I, I, went on my bus crawled in my bunk fell asleep and woke up the next morning to my tour manager like shaking me in my bunk saying uh you you know you might want to go outside and offer your best apology because there are about eight guys out there right now who want to beat the shit out of you and (laughs) it, it, it took me a minute to like you know kind of for my brain to come online to realize what the fuck he was even talking about. And yeah, you had to remember that's the, yeah, yeah. You that's the remember. worst. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When the stuff comes back and starts crowding your mind and you're like, Oh fuck. fuck. That so is. that chemical bal- imbalance and shame just starts flooding your whole mind palace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't exactly. want to, I don't want to uh, derail your story, but I did ju- once have the experience that I would zero out of 10 would not recommend to anybody in which a friend woke me up and said, bro, do you know what you did? Oh, that's <laughs> <I> awful. <laughs> I clearly don't. So fill me in or shut the fuck up and let me sleep. Yeah, that's that's the worst. At least give me some certainty about the yeah. kind of shit that I'm in. Like, <laughs> um, so yeah, they were all out there um, standing outside of our bus. And like... The whole band. Know, when I say... The whole band. Um, all <laughs> Do they have like pitchforks? Did they have like torches? Were they were they like coming after you? They had like seven style? string Ibanez guitars. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, they could have. Yeah, they could have done some damage with those axles. That yeah, that is what they could. Uh, but yeah, I. It was like it was the middle of the day. It was probably like noon or something like that, and uh, they were all out there. The whole band plus security guards, and I sort of stumbled off the bus, and I was just like, "Look, guys, I was I was very drunk. Definitely, uh, you know, it wasn't a, a personal thing. I was just, you know, like uh, 
acting like an idiot. And, uh, and the guitar player immediately was like, dude, don't worry about it. It's all good. Like you could tell, you could tell that, that he had received like a mandate from the singer that he had to sort of like show up and, and look hard for this, but his heart wasn't in it. He was yeah. like, you know, <laughs> he was de-escalating. You gotta love that. Yeah, yeah. He was the lukewarm water. And, and, uh, and then the, the singer was like, you fucking better be. And, and that was that, that was the end of the story. But yeah, so I, I did, I did call the essay. I'm on the outside of your bus. <laughs> yeah that's why as soon as i read that i was like okay because i've been wanting to get you back on here for a long time and as soon as i read this like no we have to talk about some of these stories that was just too good <laughs> so what i what i learned from this one is don't mess with uh 2000 era metal bands yes yeah don't mess yeah. with 2000 era metal bands because they all have bodyguards for some <laughs> weird reason it's like who's really trying to come at you know a puddle of mud like uh <laughs> Puddle of Mud was coming at Puddle of Mud, unfortunately. But yeah, Puddle of Mud <laughs> was doing their... Yeah, exactly. That was coming from, from It from is not just her who fucking hates you guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I wrote... The second to last story I wrote was about Puddle of Mud. It was about... Well, it was about meeting Jimmy, Jimmy Iovine and his very distinct handshake. And, <laughs> uh, and it was also about uh, writing a song, writing a single for Puddle of Mud, which I did do. <laughs> um, Wait, I didn't catch that one. You wrote a song for Puddle it. of Mud? Yeah, yeah. Um, for the record that had... Wait, was it the record that had She Fucking Hates Me? No, it was the record that had Psycho on it. So mm. it was the record after oh, yeah. She Fucking Hates Me. And <clears throat> yeah, I had this song that somehow made its way to jimmy iovine through that somehow i know how it was through someone who i knew who worked at interscope who was like mm -hmm. this you know i think this could be like they, they were trying to have puddle of mud do the nickelback crossover thing and sure and <laughs> and so this song got to jimmy iovine and he heard it and was like okay we're going to produce this you're going to record wes's vocal don't don't change anything and so that this the story of that session um is 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 worth reading i i, I definitely it, it's about it's about a life lesson an invaluable life lesson that i learned from the guy from from puddle of mud wes you know like it's yeah. People don't know that this is one of like uh 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 Fred Durst's kind of like uh underlings or like projects or whatever. And he had, he had like a vision for puddle of mud that I think it just didn't work. I don't know if it was because Wes couldn't get out of his own way or just whatever it was, but like, I don't know. That's well, got like, yeah, they did. I mean, they had like a couple big hits and like, but yeah, it was very much him, Fred or whatever, seeing him putting a band together around him. And I talk about it in the, in the essay a little bit, but like, <laughs> you know, I, I sort of do some puddle of mud apologia be, because, you know, like everyone's seen the, whatever the catatonic youth thing. Um, and, uh, oh, but them like, playing the Nirvana song. Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. 
Alex, if you remember and, and you're hearing this, can we please get just a quick 10 seconds of that in this? Because goddamn. What what do you, what, do, what even is this? I'm not familiar with this. Can you explain it for the audience? Because I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's, it's Puddle of Blood Puddle playing. Of Mud. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, which song? It was, uh, they were playing a Nirvana song, Unplugged, and it was obscenely bad. It was the worst shit I've ever heard in my fucking life. <laughs> oh, you know what? I've seen that. It's like. Oh God! And was it like a live performance yes. too? Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was. It was. It was brutal. Um. But like, I I talk about like hearing him like <clears throat> warm up in the studio on some covers and stuff like that, and just like his his kind of his vibe in person. I don't know. He <laughs> he had. I kind of get it. Like he he has like this. He has this like American rock star thing in the most. Um, in maybe a low common denominator way, but like, that's a way. And that's kind of a beautiful way. even. Like that, you know, I, I, I think it's, it's okay to have those guys around and like hearing him warm up on some covers and stuff. I was like, this guy can kind of shred. Like I, I, I see it. Um, no, I, Wes is like Midwestern no, Americana, like, dude. Like that's a, there's a, there's a, that's real, what it is. Yes. Dude. That's it's what it is. Like if you're a guy like, okay. If, if you're like a guy in your like, 40s that like lives in the suburbs of like Des Moines or something like that. You probably like cried to that blurry song. And I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be real. I'll do some. I'll, I'll also, I'll stick up for a puddle of money here. They did have some bops, and Blurry was one of those bops. Blurry was a good song. Mm-hmm. It was, it a, was song. a good pop song. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think that's uh, also. I, I rocked, I rocked it to Puddle of Mud a little bit when I was, a, I was a kid. That was a, that was a, when I was a kid, that was commonly in my my parents car whenever they would like drive me to school or whatever i would right. rock with them a little bit yeah it was the uh <laughs> it was the first time i had heard the radio edit of a song followed by the original of the song um and i was very scandalized the first time i heard she fucking hates me unedited <laughs> as an 11 year old i just you guys, uh, you guys mentioned um, um i just found the video it's 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 them doing about a girl i put it in the chat and that's uh, the one yeah, yeah and um the 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 youtube video it says puddle of mud about a girl parentheses train wreck nirvana cover <laughs> <laughs> see that's got to be like the biggest nightmare for any band because like there's there's like it's the, a nightmare the, um there's like the halftime performances where it's like notorious creed like, they can't yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah creed. they the can creed these bands show, or these musicians yeah. just cannot escape like the most public and worst performance of their life Right, like, like, like a, a humiliation that will live forever and probably go on to like get more views than a lot of your official music videos. Yeah, like you know, you know, I mean, you know that's gonna go on like TikTok in a couple of weeks. Like, t- like TikTok is gonna find puddle of mud cover of. That's Nirvana the only thing like they know week. about it, so and it's yeah, exactly, and it's gonna get like ten trillion views. The only small mercy is that it happened after their career was basically. I mean, let's be real; they're not. I mean, they're they're kind of over. Uh, 
So that could have derailed them while they still had some some gas left. But yeah, like that was just so bad. Uh, sorry, you were telling your story. Let's. You want to get back to that? Oh, um, it's. It, it, honestly, this is one that is better read. I'm not trying to be coy no, with no. it or anything. All these all these stories are free to read. There's no there's no paywall on on any of these. Uh, but yeah, so that was one of the ones I wrote about. So I've hit Puddle Mud, Stained, Bon Jovi. I had a yeah. I had a question real quick. I, Fred Durst, that guy, like I've heard that name before, but I don't like know too much about him. Is he is he like a scumbag type of dude? Like I always hear that name and like hear hear He's like the, the like, clenched senior. fist. Okay, is there like what's that? like is there a deal with him? Is there some sort of like scumbaggery um, with him? <laughs> I, I, I think he his his whole thing was sort of selling scumbaggery. I don't know that he actually is this a scumbag i think he's okay i think he's more just kind of like an entrepreneur you know what i mean <laughs> and then and, and to any of our listeners uh who heard juniper just ask what's the deal with fred durst remember she's quite young she's much younger than the rest of us i was gonna say like i said <laughs> I, I was i was listening to, to puddle of mud when i was like 11 going to like got fifth it grade. Yeah. like that that was like my context for a lot of this music <laughs> No, but uh, so a fun a tidbit that that does like leap to mind here that's Fred, you know, uh, uh, Fred Durst centric is, um, which would definitely not be something that Juniper knows is like he plagiarized uh, the Heart in a Blender song for what was probably their biggest hit. Would you Nookie. guys say Nookie was oh, like? Shit. Yep. Um, he took the line yeah. right from you guys. <laughs> yeah, which is a funny line to. But take he was paying homage, of, right? Like, <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> and it, yeah, whatever you know, whatever you have to say for the, you know, for the to not have to uh, you know, write lawyers. a check or whatever. But yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. but uh, I mean, it was kind of awesome. Like when I when I heard that, I was like, "What the fuck?" Uh, what did that feel like, like to you? So, how old were you when that so, happened? First of all, um, I would have been like. 22 probably because yeah. i so want to say a kid that. and all of a sudden fred durst takes your lyric and like reappropriates it for his song that's got to be like you're yeah you're tingling it, your it, head is tingling it, it was <laughs> it was a head tingling kind of kind of moment it was very strange especially because the song couldn't be more you know <laughs> aesthetically <laughs> at odds <laughs> with like the heart in a blender song so it was just it's a really funny it was a. It was just really funny, but um, he didn't even yeah, invite so you to he, do the break stuff music video. That's kind of fucked up. It is kind of <laughs> fucked up. I did. I did run into him in uh, a bathroom, not like in a cocaine way. It was I was literally like going. I was I was at at a urinal in a bathroom at like a bar or restaurant. I don't even remember really. But he was at the urinal next to me, and like. I kind of ID'd him. I didn't really say anything because we're like taking a piss. And mm. then he was like, he was like, hey he man, I use silence. Your... <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, 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 he broke no his code of silence. And he was like, I used your, I used your line in one of my songs. And I was like, yeah, man, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. I had actually noticed that. That's kind of, <laughs> yeah. that's kind of alpha. That's kind of an alpha move on his part. Like he it didn't is. even give you the chance to confront him. He was just like, "Yeah, dude, I fucking I yeah, stole I did from that you. shit. He, yeah, nothing you he can do about that." He led with it. He he yeah. led with it, and it was yeah, it 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 was definitely kind of disarming. Not that I would have <laughs> you know said anything or whatever. Um, you know, I don't. Need, I doubt there even is like a, you know, 
I don't think you can copyright a line in a song or whatever. And I wouldn't even, it, it was payment enough to, to have, uh, to have Fred Durst <laughs> say, you that know, that was transformative if nothing else. I don't think you would have won that case if I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> was that the only yeah. time you ever ran into him or talked to him? I would just, for some reason, I would have assumed that you guys would have crossed paths at one of these awful butthole rock tours over the years. <laughs> the other, the other almost or sort of semi crossover was at another one of those butt rock festivals. And um, they were playing before us. So this was like before wow. they, yeah, this was like when they were sort of on their way up. Maybe the George Michael cover was out. Okay, okay. Like, um, but they were the band right before Eve Six, and they completely destroyed all the backline gear. So like, you know, like <laughs> headstock of the guitar through the Marshall cabinets, like d- through the through the heads on the ground, Christ. just completely wrecked the drum kit. I don't remember how we ended up being able to play. Um, or maybe we did have our gear with us. I, I, I don't know, but I just remember they completely totaled the the backline. It was pretty funny. God, uh, Big Dick moved to yeah, yeah. Big Dick moved to <laughs> trash the stage for a half hour set at three p.m. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I know he stole from you, and he also wrecked the backline gear at Max. But I just, I, I love, I love. Limp Bizkit, I love Fred Durst, even in an you ironic fucking way. Would, bro. You fucking would, bro. I do. Would. I straight up I do. I don't make any apologies for it. I, 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 I do too now. Like when I hear those songs now and you don't hear them very often, like that's, it, it's, it's interesting. Like new, new metal is probably like the least recurrent type of music in history. It's like, you know, I mean, I know there's been sort of a half ironic renaissance, but it's not, you very rarely will hear the nookie when you're like, you know, in line at CBS or whatever. Like, you, you know what I mean? Mm. It's culture like, culture it's, has moved past it's, it. Like, Olivia, it's yeah. all, Olivia it's Rodrigo is going to do point. a new metal pop album in 2027. And we're all going to be like, well, damn, we are. Well, Grimes said she was going to do a new metal album. All I'm saying is that new metal was like, new metal was like, when your life flashes before your eyes, except for it was America after 9-11. It was like new metal was was it. <laughs> well, it is. I mean, you said like half ironically, but it really, I feel like is making a comeback. What's that? Um, He, he was like a rapper, Lil Uzi Vert, made like a mm. new metal album like a couple of months, like a month ago. I've been ago. calling a new metal revival for like seven or eight years. Yeah, it's, it's like it's, happening. We're like yeah. in the, okay. the twilight. We're like in the, the eve, uh, like the, the beginning of this like actual revival, I feel like. Friend of the show, Justin Wang is in a new metal band, Jinx, and they fucking <laughs> kick ass. I'm sorry, they just do. They're great. Yeah, they're fucking. I awesome, just saw man. him. I just saw him playing guitar in a video, or he was like playing a video game theme song or something. But he mm. was ripping. Like Justin's um, awesome. I mean, dude. yeah, he was. He's good. He got weirdly enough. Speaking of like old, old internet and old t- that t- era, uh, Justin Wang is now in a beef with. You guys remember Maddox, the greatest page in? So the- I, so yes. I saw I saw this beef. No fucking start. way, really. I don't know who Maddox is. <laughs> okay. I don't think. I don't, let me. I don't you either. were a child, Juniper. Okay, so let me take you back to <laughs> oh, like boy in 2000, <laughs> 2000. Like the fucking funniest thing that you could do on the internet was go to Maddox, the greatest page in the universe or whatever it was called, Maddox dot something. I don't know. Uh, but he was just a blogger and he would write like 
uh, this is why vegans are stupid. And like, he, but he he's was like, like, he's kind of like one of the people who invented like the epic bacon language. Yeah. He was like, oh this shit. Oh, proto- he was Reddit. He's like a Reddit dude. He, yeah. I mean, like he was, his whole thing was like that. He was like funny and mean. Proto Reddit. And <laughs> yeah, this was like Reddit in the 90s, like Bush was president, like 90s, 2000s fucking, I don't, I don't know when he was like in his heyday. And this was like one of the first like internet figures in terms of that. And then he just like, I guess he's back in YouTube form and he's mad at oh, Justin you, Wang. You've missed a huge, you've missed a huge look. Look, this is a crazy diversion. Yeah. I, I mean, wanna, I finished puberty, so I don't want to, I don't want to like go down Opening this the path, court, but Maddox <laughs> had like, has had like this incredible weird drama over the past like decade, but I'm shocked you don't know about. I, yeah, you fell off my radar. You, you, dude, uh, Maddox and I used to email back and forth. That's just very funny because I was such a big fan. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ, Caleb. You're like Rip Van Winkle. Yeah. <laughs> <You're> fucking- <laughs> I've told you guys, brother, once I'm the Forrest Gump of online. I'm, I was always I said Rip Van Winkle. I meant Forrest Gump. Yeah, yeah. I meant Forrest Gump. It's fine. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's absurd that you have had conversations with this genuinely depraved individual. <laughs> yeah, as a child, by the way. I'm not surprised, though. Yeah. You're like, I mean, you, you've always been, I mean, you've done that with the cybersmith you're you're always on like the forefront of these like sickos i just love talking to dudes i don't know what what to what to say about it um (laughs) but anyway uh that's a whole whole different (laughs) we should we should do a like a survey of maddox somebody that would be a maddox a maddox episode could be like eight hours long it would be so so fucking long he got into like this crazy lawsuit with another creator with vice i saw that it, got, with a guy who worked for Vi- he like mm-hmm. he sued Vice, but he also sued the guy individually, and only pulled times the guy had mentioned Maddox and the time he had like worked for Vice and on his own like Substack or whatever it was. It was like a it was like a it was like a real ass case where basically Maddox was like, "I have the money to destroy your life in court," and he was like, Holy "You know shit. what? I'm going to set up a goal, GoFundMe, and we're going to see if you really do have the money to destroy your <laughs> <my> life." <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would love to learn uh, more about Maddox this. Was okay. Maybe we can do a Maddox episode. I don't know if, if Justin would want to come on for that, but maybe we can get him finally. Justin would uh, be good for that. I uh, also yeah. seriously believe that Maddox would just come on. Like he would. Definitely. I do too, honestly. <laughs> I will. Eat I will respond to the email he sent me because I still have access to the, my old hotmail.com email. Hell, we'll get Brian Krasenstein back on and we'll Jeez, ask him. Let's just do a panel. Let's <laughs> <laughs> do a panel. Uh, anyway, uh, New Metal rocks. We're talking about New Metal and how much it rocks and how uh, it kicks ass. That's what we're yeah, going to go yeah. for 15 minutes. Yeah. Max, I want to ask you about a tweet that I don't know if you've ever followed up on, but you tweeted it a while ago and it has actually been very much stuck in my brain ever since I saw you uh, put it out there. Um, but you said the phrase, the most drugs I have ever been on was with the band Jet. Do with that information what you will. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's, that's so funny you said that because I was just thinking I'm going to do, I'm going to write a story about that day uh, and just probably have to take some creative license with that one to be honest because that was definitely out of my tree but like um (laughs) yeah no those those guys man they they like the cocaine and uh yeah it was just another one of those another one of those days these this uh you know these these anecdotes seem to have a bunch in common but yeah it was another radio (laughs) festival this one i do remember I hadn't slept at all the night before. So I'd been up already like all night. And then um, we're into the next day now. And 
I think we were sharing a dressing room with Jet and uh they you know i i don't want to I, I don't want to get the feds on anyone but like um that's i think i think you know enough time has elapsed but uh yeah so just uh lots of cocaine and then um uh and and ecstasy and booze and i don't know how i got through the set at that one like i i was pretty good at I was pretty good during my drinking days, usually about like not allowing myself to imbibe uh, sooner than an hour and a half. Yeah, so set you wrote time. about like, how you kind of had a system for like how much and when you would drink. Yeah, like an hour and a half was good because I, you know, I didn't have to like rush it. Um, in in one of the stories that I wrote about getting uh getting arrested in 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 pittsburgh i i that was a situation where we got to the show late <laughs> and i didn't I, I i didn't have much time to like get in the headspace that i needed to be able to save lives with three chords and the truth so i was pounding <laughs> i was just i was pounding whatever my tour manager brought me and then that set in motion another train of events that you know ended ended up with me in jail uh, lighting or being taught how to light a cigarette with a, uh, <laughs> two batteries and a paper clip uh, <laughs> by by another inmate and um yeah that wasn't that was wild but uh where were we going oh yeah 90 minutes 90 minutes was good like i you know i could sort of comfortably drink and get to the right place um if i started drinking sooner than that you know i might start to like forget some words and and you know play a half step flat on my base and and stuff like that so mm -hmm. um, was the because um, yeah. i read that pittsburgh story uh was that the is that when you played with jet is that that was that that night no that was i remember we the used played i don't <laughs> Fuck, remember <laughs> yeah i don't remember who else i don't remember who else played um yeah, the use comes up a couple times in the essays. In another one I wrote about a bus driver that we had who lost his mind, we were en route to a show, another show with the used, got to the show really late because our bus driver had lost his mind. It was, I mean, this guy literally was like, we we left, we left LA, Burbank specifically, where like our rehearsal place was. That's where the bus picked us up for this tour. And noticed like an hour later that the guy had uh, gone the wrong direction on the freeway and then gotten off the free freeway and was driving up into the hills of Altadena, like so far from any way that made sense or had any connectivity to freeways or anything. And, uh, and we were like, uh, our guitar player, I remember went up to the cabin and was like, we're going the wrong way. Um, kid you know we got to turn the bus around and and the driver's just like i want to go this way and it wasn't <laughs> a way i mean if you like are familiar with the geography here it was just like we were trying to get to salt lake city and we were in the hills of altadena like a residential neighborhood and um like finally we got him back out onto the road and then soon he pulled over again and was listening, like putting his ear to the side of the bus, but nowhere near the engine, like just listening to the bus. And then he asked <laughs> us to pray with him. 
And, <laughs> and we were like, and, and our guitar player had his, at the time, I think one-year-old baby on the bus with us. So that added another kind of terrifying element to all of this is just like, there's a baby on this bus and this guy is like clearly kind of losing it. Um, he, anyway, like he was ready to die. Yeah, he was. I mean, bus driver, the life of a bus driver is brutal. <laughs> it's like it's a brutal lifestyle because it's completely solitary. Like these yeah, guys it's, are it's like sleeping. truck drivers in general, like like semi semi truck drivers. Yeah, they're, right. they're all kind of like that isolated, really atomized type of lifestyle, really isolated and atomized. And and the thing that maybe makes a tour bus driver distinct is they do all of their driving at night and all of their sleeping during the day. So like, because, you know, the band, the bus is parked at that the makes venue for a nice for and normal show guy. They're at the hotel or motel or whatever. And then as the band sleeps, they're driving to the next gig. So they, they have very little human action, the human interaction and their, um, yeah, their diurnal clock is all fucked up. So, and then, uh, you know, a lot of them, like, you know, we had a couple guys who, who like were super into meth to like, keep it straight. <laughs> and it's a, it, it was a, a bad combo, but we ended up getting to this show like an hour late and the used was on stage playing the hard and blender song, like <laughs> making fun of us. basically. <laughs> and, and, yeah. You just, just got stains out there. <laughs> yeah 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 i think that uh i think that keeping irregular hours and being by yourself all the time is a great recipe for a really normal type of guy to become you could be a really yeah. regular guy as the used would say it's four o'clock in the fucking bed. morning well yeah he, <laughs> no, i mean he, he told right. us because we we ended up taking shifts in the front of the bus to just make sure that he he like you know we could get to our destination and he he said like he needed a break obviously you know but he was mm. like i you know i need to like pay the bills you know so that whole thing he was just like he felt compelled damn yes well damn uh Sorry, did you my, ever get to uh talk to the used about them punking you like that um i ended up talking to bert like years later i forget what about uh oh i think it was like i did this little side project band for a minute with um one of the guys from awol nation and he had <laughs> that they were friends and uh and he like did a post about one of our songs or something like that like saying he liked it or some something it was something like that and i it was like a dm thing um i don't i don't think we went we went over the olden days or anything like that but it was <laughs> yeah. kind of it was a it was a nice little interaction nice something that's been really weird kind of lately not really in like this sphere of music that you kind of occupied but in specifically like old school like punk specifically like british punk that i've i've been noticing for a while now is like like glenn, uh, what's his name glenn danzig and and the sex pistols guy have all been like you know like they they come out as like conservatives and they're like you know we wouldn't be able to make our music today with wokeness is there like any type of guy in like your sphere that's like that type of dude it was there like 
are we going to like in 10 years? Because those guys were around in like what the 90s or whatever. Is, is it going to be like 10 years from now? And it's like these bands, some of these bands are going to be like, are you are you going to have a, a conservative moment? Is that like the, the next grift for like these 2000 rock bands? Uh, they, yeah, they're I mean, <laughs> well, the stained the stained guy is is uh, pr- pretty outspoken about his conservative beliefs. I, th- oh, I want to say, oh, fuck, wait, I do know about that. I do. And the tool he, uh, guy, got, too. The guy from Tool. Yeah. tool. Uh, makes, uh, wait, really? Just disturbed as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they should do, yeah, dude, they I, should do a, like a conservative radio rock tour. That would be so fucking Trapped conservative, Tool conservative. and, uh, yeah, and disturbed. A, a conservative radio rock tour would be good. Like on, like it has to be on a cruise ship. It's yes. like <laughs> Kid Rock, yeah, it'll be like only those bands. Disturbed. Who was the other guy? Trapped. Anyway, Nobody's trapped. getting off that boat. Oh yeah, we can We can have a new, uh, new, new patient zero for a new type of illness start there too. It'll be like it'll be COVID twenty twenty three. It's gonna be beautiful. The, the the trapped guy, obviously. Yeah, he's another. Another outspoken one. We had a really <laughs> Rest funny in interaction peace to with that him. Account. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think they're back now. Are I want to say they're back now. Yeah, people love clowning on on them in particular. It's always very funny. <laughs> yeah, well, he yeah he came out like guns blazing a few years ago. I I think yeah, that was I used to deal with like him all really the time. By the way. But- I, I had him Caleb, what's going really? on over there? Caleb. <laughs> what did you DM him about? I what did tricked him about? into thinking I was on his side and I kept getting him to retweet me. That's really funny. <laughs> we we, we had a moment with him backstage um, at another one of the R.A.W.K. Fests and uh, where he told us, it was me and one of our crew guys, like uh, Guitar Kit Tuck guy, and he was like, he was like, I'm single-handedly changing the way people sing. And we started laughing. We were sure <laughs> we were we were sure he was joking. That's, that's so good. And then we realized he was not joking at all. How, how drunk was he? Was he like real drunk or something? Like wh- what's going on there? He seems totally sober at that moment, but later that <laughs> night he got his ass kicked at a bar. Um oh. it was me and the guitar player uh from filter were together at this bar and we noticed uh trapped guy over there and we like noted oh trapped guys here um but we're not really kicking it with him and then um a few moments later he was just getting his ass kicked all right i don't i'm sure he you know did something to deserve it i I don't know what but yeah that was the same night um i uh so the disturbed guy david draymond yeah he, yeah he he has a he posted on Twitter. <laughs> he posted on Twitter a guitar, or a Dan Donegan's new guitar, which was it's like the Coca Cola logo. Yeah, it's the Woe Coca Cola, right? It says it says <laughs> it says it says fuck cancel culture and cancel. Oh, culture that's what it says. The Coca Cola yeah. logo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and I and I and I responded to it and said, the way that your arm sits when you play guitar, it's gonna be right over the fuck, so it's just gonna look like it says cancel culture. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then he blocked me. It's it's, it's pro cancel culture. Hell yeah, dude! He blocked me. He blocked me too a while back. I don't even know what for. And then and then he unblocked me. And I tweeted something. This was a couple months ago. I don't remember what it was. It wasn't even something mean or anything. Like because like honestly, I get a kick out of that dude. Like I know he's he's just so. I don't know. He's a personality that I appreciate and all with and with all its blemishes. He's just so funny to me. But uh, like, he responded to one of my tweets like, 
what the hell, man? I thought we squashed the beef. And I was like, <laughs> well, I don't even know what beef we had, first of all. And I'm also not beefing with you now. Like, I, I, it was really <laughs> funny. What was it? Oh, it was when... um it was when there was a meme going around about like, you know, it was that your, your, your mom was this and that, and she like smoked cigarettes and she smoked weed and, you know, did peyote or whatever with a photo. Do you guys remember this like kind of no. meme that was going around? I, like, uh, I, do. I do because I, people got upset when I said the real truth about real things that my mom had done. And they were like, why would you say that about your own mother? And I'm like, I don't know. You got to ask her why she told me that. I don't know. <laughs> okay, hang on. I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for this interaction because it was really funny. Let me see if I can find well, this. Well, while you're looking, I just wanted to say that I looked on the Trapped Wikipedia page and I found out something very funny. Trap started out as a NoFX cover band. <laughs> no way. Yeah, dude. That's so fucking of, of good. Of all like ska, ska bands on, in particular. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I found it. Okay, so my tweet was your your grandmother listened to Disturbed. She got her wallet chain stuck on the seat reclining lever of her Honda Civic. She briefly dated a roadie for Third Eye Blind. She smoked camel lights and fell down the, and fell down at the Nas tank at backyard parties. David David Draymond responds, damn dude, thought we could make amends. I have no room in my heart for bad blood anymore. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, wow. that it, sorry that it seems you don't want to move past the past. Shame. I don't even know what he's talking about. Like he's probably oh, talking he about was some fucking... joke I made about the Waha song or something like that. I'll, I'll be he... honest. I love I love the way that Gen Xers post online. It's it's beautiful. It's They're an art earnest. form that like cannot. Yeah, you cannot. Like, also, he this. doesn't remember what he meant either. He doesn't know <laughs> he meant by that. <laughs> so so check it out. So so I responded and I said, "Hey David, it's a joke about a meme going around yesterday. I love Disturbed, and if some and if some grandmas like them too, I think that's great." And and he and and he replied down with the grandma's LOL rock hand emoji. Yes, <laughs> peace in our time. Yeah, <laughs> that fucking rules. Hey, uh, that is the end of the main feed episode. We've got another hour with Max from Eve Six. If you want to subscribe to our Patreon. Uh, you can do that at patreon.com slash Western Kabuki. Thanks so much for listening. See you next week. so.